What's good, guys? Welcome to episode 73 on the DM Pod. Joining me this week is my guy, Steez. He is a content creator. He puts out a lot of content on his social media, and I wanted him to come on a podcast to just share his journey and share what his creativity been like uh, during this global pandemic. He also talks about his business and marketing. It's a really informal episode, especially for those who like to create content. You guys, do not forget to hit subscribe and leave a review. Peace. Steve, thank you for finally coming on a podcast, bro. I know you've been on the go. How's life been over there for you? It's pretty good out here in Missouri, man. How's, how's it going with you? Pretty good, obviously. This global pandemic have all of us just sitting down, relaxing. And I was talking to one of my guys, telling them how we're in a creative period right now. What have you learned throughout this whole like pandemic in terms of your creativity for what you have going on? Man, honestly, um, it's crazy because when you say creativity, a lot of people just think of, you know, creatives, artists, photographers, videographers. I think of entrepreneurs, um, you know, athletes as well, because honestly, this time has, you know, literally made it so we have to be creative in everything we do. If you want to go to the court, shoot, you got to go to your front room, do some workouts. If you want to, you know, go to, um, if you need a workout, you got to work out at home. So stuff like that. I feel like this time has really brought out a lot of people's creativity. Um, and if it hasn't, we still, you still got a little bit of time. <laughs> True. And, you know, Steve, I don't know if you ever listened to an episode, but I have a lot of people from my community, a lot of influential people, a lot of former teammates, current teammates, and a lot of my mentors. And so I'm really thankful that you come on because you bring a different audience, especially you are in the Midwest, but you're in, in Kansas City, correct? I'm, I'm in Springfield now. Okay, you're in Springfield now. Okay, so just tell my audience you know, who is Steez and what you have going on? So, um, I'm Steez. You feel me? I'm, my name is Daryl Johnson. Um, people call me DJ Steez, whatever you want to call me. But um, what I have going on is truly just marketing and branding. Um, I truly think it's very important for anybody, anybody in any status to be marketing and branded, um, especially when you are build, trying to build some type of network. Um, it's not, you know, people always think about marketing and branding is something that oh it's extra I don't need that I don't need that because you know that's something that when I get higher up that's when I'll need that but in my opinion um my company is just truly about helping people get to that level because when I started started off in 2016 I didn't have nothing I didn't have anybody to you know help brand me I didn't have anybody to give me ideas and I feel like um I, I don't think I told you this but I started this thing called the creative connect we call it um, okay. c squared and it's on an app called band and this really just brings creative entrepreneurs, everybody together who are like-minded, um, just so we can all grow together. Do you have problems having creative, you know, friends within your area? Being like in Springfield, like I'm in Gary, so there's not a lot of content creators in my neighborhood. Like I have to either go to Chicago or connect with somebody via online. So. Mm -hmm. Tell me about like how hard it is to like connect with other content creators. Cause not everybody's going to understand what content creator is. Yeah, um, it's like you said, it is very like territorial, right. but it, it's very important to um, just kind of reach out to anybody. Me, I've reached right. out to about thousands of people. I would say 250 yeah. to, to 500 have been like, you know, I don't want to work with you, but right. it's truly important to just reach out to people, tell them what you're about. 
hope your your values are not going to align with everybody. So around absolutely me, not. Absolutely not. And you can't you can't just buy with anybody. You can't just you know work with anybody. So around this area is a bit different though, because Springfield is very believe it or not, it's very artsy. Um, okay. It's, there's three colleges here, so it's a bit easier out here than nice. even some more area. So what's your favorite app that you use necessarily to connect with people? Um, well, really, it's LinkedIn, honestly. Okay. But just to give um, a, a more creative answer, I would just say Instagram. Instagram and Twitter. And people think Facebook's outdated, but boy, you will find some people on Facebook. I promise. Oh, dude, I am on three discussions on Facebook. I am in uh, podcasting. I'm in two podcast discussions. And in my region here, Northwest Indiana, I'm in a sports discussion. Mm-hmm. And the two uh, podcast discussions I'm in are basically for only minority, like black people who podcast. So it's like you bounce, everyone bounces off their ideas to one another. There's no judgment. And there's a lot of people who are starting who's been in the game for a minute. So it's like 2000 of us in there. So my goal is to get to a thousand followers on my podcast page. And I've been able to reach 50 plus followers from that discussion by just showing love and reciprocating the love and being more engaged. So to answer that question, like Facebook is not outdated. I think a lot of people get that confused, but it also depends on what kind of network you're in, like what you're trying to do. Absolutely. I agree with that. What have like, being a content creator and building relationships, how, how important are relationships for a lot of people who don't know? Man, relationships are extremely important. And, um, you know, when it does come to young entrepreneurs, young creatives, uh, I, even I've been in this situation back in 2016, 2017, you just, really stand office because you don't really know who to trust in this industry or right. any industry. So the biggest mistake that we can make anybody growing something is being standoffish um up front um a lot of businesses they'll thrive off rip so they'll be like okay boom i don't need to talk to nobody i don't need to you know talk to anybody about my business i don't need to do all this stuff because i already make it this amount of money but when it comes down to it, you have to think further than that you can't just think this year you can't think five years you need to be thinking like if you really have a business relationships will get you to that generational wealth you're looking for that real wealth you're looking for so to answer that question relationships are very important but on the other end, relationships are important that because you don't want to have bad relationships either. Right. Absolutely. You never want to burn any bridges. Tell me that story. It was a while ago when you got the assistant coach from the Lakers to hit you back in the DMs. Oh man. man. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it a thousand, man. I was yeah. I probably was annoying to this man. But okay. His um his name is Phil Handy. And he just, he's a passionate person, man. So when I, when I look at my values, I look at people like, like him because they're passionate. We not, we might not be passionate about the same thing, but we're both passionate. So, you know, I hit him up, you know, how can, how can we work together? How can we, how can I help you? And he finally hit me back, Um, you know, hit me up with his creative manager, hit me up with some, um, some things I can do. Um, Maybe, you know, if somebody falls off for him, I'll be in, uh, I'll be there for him. So. Yeah. Did, did that trigger something for you when you reached out, when he reached out to you? What, what did that trigger? Like, wow, this shit's really possible. Yeah. That's it triggered to, to me. It just triggered Nipsey hustle, man. It's a marathon out here. Don't, don't keep worrying right. about this, this day to day stuff. Cause it's truly a marathon when you, you just got to be consistent. During this global pandemic we're going through, what have you learned 
mostly about yourself while we're all just been, you know, obviously just trying to create, but what have you learned personally? Uh, really, I've, I've learned my why. I learned uh -huh. why I do this stuff. Um, it hasn't been cloudy to me, but I'm, I'm learning more how to articulate that to other people. You know, yeah. um, so during this time, it's really been good reflection on that, knowing your why. Yeah, I've, I think you hit that, what's my why? And I'm, I'm learning to journal more than ever so I can have my thoughts more clear. And I'm also learning how to be more organized because when you have so much content, dude, it's everywhere. You know, it's like, man, where's this file? Where's this file? So I finally got an external hard drive to clean up that mess. And it's like, okay, I have to make sure that I have to be consistent with my content. Cause I feel like I'm not consistent sometimes day to day because routines are boring. Mm -hmm. So with your day to day life during this uh, pandemic, have you been able to keep a steady routine? Yes, definitely been able to keep a steady routine. Even kind of even more, um, kind of adding on things and yeah. that you know things that you taught me on on the last time we called was just being consistent with old customers. Even you know, being yeah. just, consistency is key, man. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who was the people that, that really influenced you to be a content creator and just go after like the entrepreneurial spirit and just reach out to people boldly? Um, content creator wise, as a hooper, I guess, especially when I was, um, this really manifested when I was trying to go overseas. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird answer for this, but man, actually, share that, share the story. Yeah. Share, share the hooping, <laughs> hooping, hooping story. A lot of people want to hear that. So you you know me. I, I've been uh, I kind of been hooping since I was four or five years old. Um, yeah. Went went through all routes, middle school, high school, and then I went to um, HBCU, Coppin State University. Um, I kind of wanted to get closer to around my area because my dad was just about to uh, get out of jail, so I wanted him to be able to see my game. So I went JUCO for a year, um, and when he got out of jail, he told me, you know, he can't leave that state area. So I ended up going to a smaller school so he could see all my games. So nice. um, it was very hard. Honestly, it was very hard to be like, okay, I'm a hooper, man. What am I going to do with this creative side? What am, what am I going to do with this? And so, honestly, I started seeing people like Kelly Oubre um, and just creative, like, creative hoopers to where they're, okay, they're showing this side of them and then they're showing this side of them. And it, it showed yeah. me that you versat versatility is key. Um, kind of like in the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like, right. okay, boom. To be the best player you want, if you, to be the best player possible, you need to, you know, be able to shoot, be able to dribble, be able to play defense, do everything so you can be a 100% play, you know? And that's – it's very important. Um, kind of got off the rails a bit there, but that, yeah, that's – No, I, my I appreciate you sharing that. It's, it's dope because my, my biggest thing was always being employable outside the game. Like, we live in this era where you can be just more than the kid who hoops. Like, mm -hmm. back then, you saw a lot of brothers who just hoop, and that's all they did. That was the norm, but – if you don't have nothing going else, like off the court, it's like you tripping, you know? Nice. And, and as, as two black guys chopping it up, there's a younger generation that's coming up. So they need to be influenced. Like, wow, I see Steve's like really got his marketing going. I see Rico, he's really doing his thing with the podcast. So I think it's dope, Steve, that like you have that, that charisma you're optimistic and you're bold. Like I said, when you sent me that screenshot of a uh, coach DMing you back, all it takes is one DM, bro. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It takes being open-minded and learning from people like you too. Like, I don't care if you're yeah. older than me, younger than me, I'm going to learn. As long as you have something to right. tell me, I'm going to learn. 
No, ab- absolutely. Have you been watching The Last Dance? Yes. <laughs> yes tell, sir. tell me, tell me, tell me your thoughts about it. Man, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you my main thought. My main thought is there's almost nobody I've ever met and nobody I've ever seen that is as passionate as Jordan was about competition. I'm not even gonna say about basketball per se, about competing, coming every day and leaving your all on the table. And I'm not, we're not gonna get into that argument right now. We're just gonna, that's all I wanna say. You know, that, that yeah. man is the most passionate person I've ever seen with competition. Absolutely. You, um, what do you think about Isaiah Thomas not making a 92 dream team? <laughs> do you think he should have been on there or if he would have shook he their hand if he didn't he burned bridges my 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 guess he I think he burned a lot of bridges where they left him off that 92 team on purpose yeah they he definitely burned a lot of bridges and really he he, he made his own bed you know nobody yeah. you you seen how they went back and showed that they definitely dapped up when they lost there's 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 no way they should have I'm not gonna say it's Bill Embry's fault but there's no way they should have um, not shook their hands man it's competition what what do you think about Phil Jackson? And I don't know if you did, saw every episode, but Phil Jackson used to be a hippie back in the day. He <laughs> he was smoking dope, like he was just really out here. And then for him to fast forward his life to the '90s and meet Dennis Rodman fifty fifty and allow him to go to Vegas, he understood him. I thought that was really dope. I think that was dope too. You you have to have a coach that understands where you're coming from, like. In my instance right now, I have a boss that understands where I'm coming from. She knows I don't take no stuff. She knows that whenever I have something that comes to my head, I'm going to say it. Now, if I don't, if I don't think it's right, she knows I'll go back and apologize. But it's always good to have somebody who uh, is a coach, a mentor, or a superior that understands where you're coming from. Like you said, that man was a hippie back in the day. And so he understood, like, you don't have to be fit this certain mold to be a hooper. You just got to come every day and leave it all out there. He knew that. Boom, I'm giving Dennis Robin this time off. He's going to come back and kill for me because I respected him and his time. No, that's that was awesome, bro. And, and I want to, like, rewind because I almost forgot to ask you, what was it like going to HBCU as a brother? Well, it was – um well, at first, I'm just going to keep it a 1,000. Huh? You know, yeah. coming from Topeka, Kansas, not a lot of people went D1. So, me having all these D1s, I, I was like, man, the first one I go to, I'm probably going to sign. So, I end up – um, going with all my family, you know, with having a full, of course, African-American family, they all pushed me to sign then. Um, yes, but it was a, it was a great experience, man. It was, it was different. I got to see the side I didn't get to see growing up in Kansas. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I probably would have stayed all four years if the situation didn't happen. Like it did. No, absolutely. No, I, HBCUs are really dope. And I push a lot of brothers to go, um, especially academically wise. You see a lot of people who look like you opportunities are endless so I always root for that like I said I went to Moorhead State so it was predominantly white uh it was in conservative eastern rural Kentucky but before I went to finish my last two years at Moorhead I played in the Big East at DePaul started my two years there tore my ACL coach and I wasn't on the same page and then I went to JUCO that was a grind I went out in Florida Chipola so I can relate like when I have the different guys on the podcast who are still hooping, but like, I'm like, dog, I understand your grind. Like anybody who's did Juco know that Juco grind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what you doing, Steve, I, I think it's really dope and you got to keep pushing. 
And, um, and that's why I have this platform so we can have these dialogues and, and share that. Like, man, there's really people out here that, that sounds like me, talks like me, and look like me. I got to pursue this if they're doing it. Absolutely. Um, kind of before, last, before we kind of, my bad. Yeah. Was, no, no, you go. Saying. You go, Steve. Um, before we get past that subject, I was going to ask you, what do you think about that? It was just a meme going around. Um, it yeah. was basically like, um, what if all the top recruiting players in the nation went to HBC, black, like African-American top recruiting yeah. players all went to HBCUs? What do you think about that? I thought it would be really dope. I mean, basketball itself is African-American dominant. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black brothers that, that play the game. I don't think it would be no room for a lot of us on a roster. You only could put 12, 12 to 13. <laughs> yeah. But if, if more brothers did, I mean, it would be highly competitive for sure. Yeah. Like, my goal is to attend uh, HBCU for grad school just, just so I can have that on my resume. Like, I went there. So I know how you feel. And like I said, all my schools I went to were predominantly white. So I got best of both worlds. So, yeah, man, I thought if, like, let's just say Topeka. I don't know how Topeka school system is, but if, like, all the top athletes went to one high school, be loaded, right? Oh, yeah. So, so uh, but, yeah, I just think it would be loaded, but it wouldn't be a, enough room for all of us to shine. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. A lot of people get overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Even Even to this day, a lot of people get overlooked, and it's, like, it's all about who you know, right? It's it's crazy. The the last segment, Steve, because I know you're on the go. Who are the people who really influenced you uh, to shape you who you are today? Who number one? You know, I know he's not a person, but God. Absolutely. Um, but number two is Eric Thomas. There you go, <laughs> Eric Thomas. This man has since the first day. My my guy Tyree, shout out to Tyree, man. Um, he literally put me on, you know, he put me on to a lot of stuff, just mental health, reading books, and Eric Thomas. He put me on back in college. And since His then, podcast is so dope. Oh, yeah. You talking about the one with him, CJ Amon? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's, yeah, I listen to it religiously. Like, when I feel like I know them. I emailed their video uh, content guy. Yeah, yeah. I emailed him. Oh, yeah. I definitely emailed him. Too. I definitely yeah. emailed him too, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what's my guy name? It's not CJ. It was Carl. I emailed Carl. Yeah, because I know Carl's more easy to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. And and all those guys, I feel like I'm at the table, bro. It's it's so dope just listening to them talk and vibe out. I'll be laughing. I'm like, man, I got to meet these brothers one day. So. You will with your grind. The, your value, your why is aligned with their why. So it's just yeah. Like you told me it's just. They just keep going, honestly. Oh, Toby Nwigwi. Uh, ah, yeah. They're artists. Like, I follow him, and um, I keep up with his content, and he's dope. And the fact that E.T. and his guys put him on, it's possible for us to make it, bro. Oh, so. yeah. I think that's super dope. I think um, I've always thought, like, just somebody like him could find these – because there's so many code artists out here with thousands of followers. Nobody listens to their music, but – they're really talking about stuff we need to hear out here. Like just him having that little label, he can start bringing in those type of people, those people who are really saying something in their music, but they just don't have that platform. And I think Eric right. Thomas will be that person to do that and that whole crew. No doubt. Steve, I, I thank you again for, for coming on a podcast and just sharing your journey, you know, and, and we left a room where we get a part two in. Like I said, we're still young as shit. 
We're still grinding. Um, but just thank you for just giving us that introduction as you continue to continue on your journey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you letting me on. What's up, guys? We are back. Hope you all enjoyed this episode with my guy, Steez. I love connecting with other content creators because during this time, it's tough. It's tough for a lot of us creators who are at home all day. There's not much creativity around us to think and come up with something new. So bouncing ideas off one another and hearing someone else just share their journey with creating is really dope to me. And also, guys, if you have any other content creators that's out there looking to share their journey and share how they've been able to navigate um, during these times, I would love to chop it up with them. And also, do not forget to subscribe and leave a review. My YouTube channel is out there under Dewan Marrero. The full visual to this conversation is uploaded as well. I will have the link in the episode description. Thank you all again for listening and tune in to next week. Peace.